Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. Good to have you with us right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm your host, Chris Russell. We round out the work week and lead you into the weekend with a bunch of news and notes, right? And a bunch of scenarios and things going on. Always something to talk about with the Washington Redskins, right? So let's start with this. Ron Rivera has not met with Trent Williams, but he still is in the plans. And according to Ian Rappaport, the plan is not to trade him. So we don't know when the two sides are going to meet. We don't know how it's going to go. We don't know exactly what Trent is looking for. Other than to use his previous language and his previous words, which is he was looking for more guaranteed money. He did not want to play with a contract that was not guaranteed. So as I've said all along, in my various different forms and fashions, and you can listen to me not only on this Locked on Redskins podcast, but on 106.7 The Fan and the Radio.com app uh, in Washington, D.C., and worldwide as well. Read me at redskinsreport.com. That's where I do a lot of my writing. Uh, of course, follow the podcast at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins, at Russellmania621, at Russellmania621 uh, on Twitter, subscription, Warpath Magazine, all that good stuff. But the Redskins, according to Ian Rappaport, Trent Williams is firmly in their plans, and they are not intent on trading him. Now, the previous regime said they weren't going to trade him either. Apparently, that was going to be the plan this offseason to trade him, but they refused to trade him last year. See, as usual, Bruce Allen screwed up everything 17 ways to Sunday. They can say whatever they want. I don't have to believe it. You don't have to believe it. When you have to believe it is when they announce something one way or the other. Right now, we're all able to speculate. And sometimes that speculation is going to change based on developments and reports and situations and knowledge. So here's the deal. In my opinion, and again, I wrote about this at RedskinsReport.com, and I've talked about it on our Google one- and five-minute updates that you can get uh, from Locked on Redskins. I've talked about this. There's, in my opinion, there's four different scenarios that can be worked out here. Number one, a long-term contract extension. Currently, right now, Trent Williams has one year left this year. That's it. $12.5 million base, a nearly $14.5 million cap value. To me, a long-term contract extension at the money that would be required is not, not in the cards. Not what I want to do. I would be surprised if the Redskins want to do it either. I know left tackles can play into their mid-30s, maybe even their late 30s. But remember, Trent Williams has had, of course, a ton of injury. And then on top of that, more importantly, he hasn't played in a year and a half. 
And on top of that, we don't know if he can comfortably wear a helmet and clash on the football field. And it doesn't have to be necessarily helmet to helmet like two charging bulls. We're talking about getting jarred and jolted with hands, with a good, strong pass rush. Is his head going to hurt? Is his the spot that the tumor was at, is that going to get irritated by the force, by the sweat, by the impact? We don't know. So I don't know how anybody could reasonably say it makes sense to do a long-term contract extension with Trent Williams. I don't know how that works. I really don't. But it's got to make sense for both sides, right? Trent's not going to want to sign a long-term deal unless he gets paid very well and unless there's a lot of guaranteed money. Ron Rivera and the Redskins probably don't want to overcommit themselves knowing that full well they're stuck with Alex Smith for this year and how damaging a big money contract could be if somebody is not healthy. I mean, everybody knows that. The NFL doesn't have a provision to help teams when this happens, this is one of the biggest areas and gripes that I'm going to have about the new CBA. It's one of the gripes that I have about the current CBA is that there is no medical relief for a enormous injury. And I don't know how you would monitor it and measure it. I mean, there would have to be like some independent arbitrator or something. But the bottom line is. It's not a good situation to commit a lot of money to a guy who's already had a cancer scare, who's already had an injury history, who hasn't played in a year and a half. Just doesn't make sense to me. Just does not make sense to me at all. So the next option is to do a one-year contract extension. Trent Williams under contract for 2020. Give him one year. Give him... Let's just call it $14 million in base salary for 2021. He's got $12.5 million this year. So what we'd be talking about basically is a two-year and roughly $26.5 million contract. How about we guarantee about $16 million of it fully? This way, there's some incentive and savings for the Redskins if he doesn't work out. And if they want to move on after year one. And Trent gets more guaranteed money, a lot more guaranteed money than he's currently due. It's not as much as he, I'm sure, would like. But at the very minimum, it gives him some protection, gives him some incentive, and it gives the team some protection. Now, I haven't figured out all of the machinations of such a offer. But I'm using an approximate number based on what I feel makes some sense. Again, these numbers can be jimmied around. So that's option number two. The current year plus a one-year extension with about 16, maybe 17 million fully guaranteed. And the rest non-guaranteed in terms of base salary. Option number three is straight ahead. Along with option number four. And these are the two most realistic options, in my opinion. That's next, right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. Guys, what's going on? It's Chris Russell here. You know, we talk about physical fitness a lot. You've got to be physically fit 
to play professional football. But there's another side of the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. And Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. Who doesn't need that? I know I need it. For LeBron James, sleep is as important of his mental fitness routine as anything else. He says getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. Maybe that's why I'm so stressed out. For a limited time, you and me. Our listeners can join LeBron James in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started right now at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, this is the Locked on Redskins podcast. So right back to it. Option number three for Trent Williams is this. The Redskins could take the $12.5 million base salary, which is completely non-guaranteed right now until week one of the NFL season. And we've talked about this option. They could guarantee half of it, three-quarters of it, $10 million of the $12.5 million, 90% of it, 100% of it. They could make that guaranteed. There's one year left on the deal. You would not be extending out the deal. You would not be doing anything more than simply taking non-guaranteed money right now and converting it to guaranteed money. The problem is, if something happens to Trent, i.e. in OTAs, and you guaranteed it on May 1st as an incentive for him to come to the offseason program and to report back to the team, and he blows out his knee then obviously you're stuck with that money and that dead cap hit, and away you go. Now, listen, if he got hurt without a guarantee, you can't just cut him when he's on injured reserve. So they would have to work out, I I assume, some sort of situation where they put him on IR to rehab him, or... There would be some sort of grievance or some sort of injury settlement for a vested veteran. You can't just wave him injured like you can a non-vested veteran. So, again, if Trent was being honest and saying, look, I don't want more money. I want guaranteed money. Well, now I'm putting you to the test. We're not going to give you more money, but we're going to guarantee you part of, a huge part of maybe, most of, depending on how you look at it, that $12.5 million base salary. Come on, big fella. Let's do it. Then you can date us, and we can date you. And we can find out where you're at, and you can find out where we're at. Now, again, there is some risk there. Again, if Trent, for whatever reason, can't play, gets hurt, whatever, you know, the Redskins right now have options because it's not guaranteed. And if he doesn't report, they can just draw the line in the sand and say, well, you're going to get fined every day starting with veteran minicamp in June. And then again in late July and in August if you don't report. But if you report, 
midway through training camp and we haven't moved on from you, then maybe you can get that salary guaranteed. But we're probably going to move on from you if you won't make a commitment to us beforehand. How could they not, right? I mean, either they sign a free agent or they draft somebody. And it's possible that they could still bring Trent in, depending on who they sign, who they draft. But the point of the matter is, if Trent decides to play the leverage in the waiting game, the Redskins might beat him to the punch. If he balks at the structure that I'm talking about, which is giving him a 50% guarantee, a 75% guarantee, an 80% guarantee, a 90% guarantee, whatever both sides think is fair. Just throwing it out there. I think that's the most logical move for both sides. Gives Trent some guarantees and some assurances. The Redskins can't then turn around and cut him if they're paying him six, seven, eight, nine, ten million dollars guaranteed. They can't just go and cut him because now it's fully guaranteed. They would have to eat that dead money. And they don't have to also extend him and give him more money. Right? To me, that makes the most sense. The last option is trading Trent Williams, which, again, Ian Rappaport says there's no plans to do that. Great. Congratulations. I have no plans to, I don't know. I have no plans to um, to to shovel snow this weekend, but I might have to. I might not have a choice. And if the Redskins are backed into a corner and Williams won't play nice and Williams doesn't really want to come back, even with Ron Rivera in, even with Bruce Allen and Larry Hess out, or if Dan Snyder holds on to his anger that he had about what Trent Williams said about the organization last year, it's possible, it's possible That the Redskins then say, well, you know what? We tried, and it didn't work, and now we're going to go our separate ways. And I would remind you, Bill Callahan is currently in Cleveland. Now, it doesn't mean that that's the only team you could trade him to, but that would be the most likely team that you would trade him to. All right, so that's that. Again, you can read the whole thing, redskinsreport.com. The other issue that I wanted to get into, how about Joe Burrow? That's right. The presumed number one overall pick, the LSU National Championship winning quarterback, the whole deal. Supposedly, his dad, his brother, friends of his are basically saying Joe only wants to go to a team committed to winning a Super Bowl. And there's some thought that they are trying to put pressure on the Bengals. There's some thought that they are not happy about potentially heading to the Bengals. There is some thought that they are trying to leverage their hand. We know it's not about money because there's only so much money he can get. But could they be trying to leverage a trade without being the bad guys? We don't know. Uh, The coverage of this is all over the place. Pro Football Talk is where I saw it. Uh, I don't really care what his family thinks. First of all, no offense. Stop. Shut up. It's the NFL. 32 teams. Every team... Might not be committed to winning the same, but every team obviously is trying to win in some way, shape, or form. Just because by appearances doesn't mean that you're not trying to win. 
we understand the reputation of the Bengals, and I do get that you don't necessarily want to go to the Bengals if you have a better choice. If you have a choice between the Bengals and, let's call it, the Miami Dolphins. Oh, the Miami Dolphins are really trying to win. And actually, they won despite trying to lose last year. Or what about the Bengals and the Carolina Panthers? Yeah. How about that? Number seven overall. And they hired Joe Brady, right? The LSU passing game coordinator who helped make them so successful last year at LSU. How about that? How about trying to make it known to Cincinnati you don't really want to come there? And then Carolina packages a deal. They cut ties with Cam Newton. Seems to be a lot of instability there. And you go to Carolina and reunite with Mr. Brady and Matt Rule. How about that? People haven't thought about that, huh? Uh, Certainly, I haven't seen that. If people have thought about it, I'm sure they have. I have not seen that. Here's the thing. What happens if a team doesn't consummate a trade with the Bengals and the Bengals, for whatever reason, say, you know what? The hell with this. We're not drafting a guy that doesn't want to be here. Quarterback be damned. And they take Tua Tagovailoa or Justin Herbert. Or they take Chase Young. What do the Redskins do then? What if they take Chase Young, possible, and Joe Burrow is there at number two and available for the taking? Do they take him and do basically what the Arizona Cardinals did last year? Do they trade out because now a team sees him there at number two and they're like, oh, didn't expect that. Or what could happen, certainly, is if Cincinnati decides, hey, you know what, we're not going to trade the, uh, draft this guy. We're going to make a deal with the best offer, and a team simply swaps and jumps up, and then the Redskins aren't really affected. But there are some possible options. If Chase Young is gone somehow at number one, say the Bengals, right? They pass somehow on Joe Burrow. Then Burrow is on the board, and the corner uh, uh, Jeff um, Acuna. What do the Redskins do? What do the Redskins do? Do they take the cornerback? Need. Do they take the quarterback? Probably the better of the two prospects, meaning Burrow and or Dwayne Haskins. Fascinating stuff. Watch out for that. We will keep you abreast. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. We'll finish it up next. All right, we wrap it up this way. My buddy Chris Trapasso of CBSSports.com had an NFL redraft of the 2019 draft. First round, and I thought it was interesting, so I wanted to talk about it. Here's what happens is with the benefit of a year of data and observance, you get to see, oh, okay, like Gardner Minshew, much better than the sixth-round pick that we thought he would. Then you get somebody that knows the draft and maybe he's trying to create a little stir, and they have this redraft based on the teams and the original selections of last year's first round, and now 
what they might be looking at. So Chris Trapasso, CBSSports.com, their NFL draft analyst, he's great, did this in the first round. And he went Arizona, Kyler Murray, San Francisco, Nick Bosa. The Jets at number three, instead of Quinn and Williams, took A.J. Brown, who went in the second round, who I thought was the best receiver in the draft. But he somehow lasted until the second round in Tennessee. Number four, Josh Allen to Oakland. Now Vegas, they instead took Cleveland Farrell, which was way too high. Uh, Tampa Bay took uh, an interior guard. I don't get this one. Uh, Elkton somebody or other. Um, number six, the Giants. Instead of taking Daniel Jones, they took Gardner Minshew, according to Trapasso, which was really creative and interesting. And I think weird, um, but I'm not as high on Gardner Minshew as maybe some others are. I think he's good. I don't know if he's great. I mean, maybe he was better than Haskins. He was better than Dwayne uh, Daniel Jones. I don't know if he's that much good, better. Uh, the Jaguars, number seven, went Jamel Dean, a cornerback. The Lions, number eight, went Ed Oliver, who ultimately went to Buffalo. Buffalo at number nine, D.K. Metcalf, who lasted until the second round with Seattle. Number 10, Denver still took Drew Locke, but they took him in the first round instead of number 41 overall in the second round. Number 11, Dre Greenlaw to the Bengals instead of Andre Williams, who was hurt all year. And here's where it gets interesting. Pick number 12, Green Bay. They took Terry McLaurin. That's right. The Redskins rookie receiver, now going into his second year, who was taken in the third round, number 75 overall, 76 overall, whatever it was. They take Terry McLaurin. So that means the Redskins obviously wouldn't have him available to take, uh, not only with their first-round pick, but also later in the draft. Number 13, Max Crosby to the Miami Dolphins. He was a fourth-round pick, an edge rusher. Number 14, Juan Thornhill of the Kansas City Chiefs at safety goes to the Atlanta Falcons, one pick before the Redskins, who at number 15 still have their option of Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, a safety, a receiver, Debo Samuel, Marquise Brown, whoever they want. Chris Trapasso, CBSSports.com, has them going with now Giants quarterback Daniel Jones, who was the number six overall pick. And basically he says, look, you know, they both flashed at times, but he had a larger sample size. Interesting, because Jay Gruden wanted Daniel Jones. <clears throat> ahem, ahem. We believe. We think. I wonder if Jay Gruden would still be here. I wonder if Jay Gruden wouldn't have mentally checked out even before he was fired. So Daniel Jones would have been the pick. And just to speed this up, Dwayne Haskins, according to Trapasso and CBSSports.com, goes all the way to number 26 and the Indianapolis Colts. Now, a couple of things here. I don't know if this is realistic. Number one, they still had Andrew Luck at this point. Again, this is a redraft. We know now that Andrew Luck retired. We know now that Jacoby Brissett isn't that good. We didn't know then. 
So I don't think they would have made this pick. Not to mention, this pick was the pick that they traded to the Redskins for the Redskins' second-round pick, which turned into Montez Sweat. And speaking of Montez Sweat, because this first round included guys that were drafted in the third and fourth and fifth round and elsewhere, he's not in it. He's not in the first round of this particular selection. Now, you could say, you know, that's, that's a worry spot. Eh, I guess so. But he had a pretty good second half. Not awesome, but pretty good, pretty solid. First half was a struggle. So I just wanted to bring that up to you guys. You can check out more. Uh, I have uh, the written analysis of it at RedskinsReport.com. You can check out Trapasso, CBSSports.com, or at Chris Trapasso. He's got great NFL draft information. All right, that's going to do it for us. We covered Trent Williams and that mess, Joe Burrow and that potential mess. And then redrafting the Redskins. We'll have a lot more to get to next week right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'm Chris Russell. Adios.